Please note that this podcast contains explicit content and adult language. It may not be suitable for listeners under 18. This call is now being recorded. Okay, now tell me that story again. I was getting all my notes out and getting set up, and I turned on the TV, and I looked up, and it's a show about catfish. <laughs> it shows a bunch of catfish jumping out of the water, and I guess they're really, they're really vicious. Back in the fall of 2019, I called my older brother, Steven, to talk to him about a girl he had met online. Her name was Bailey Jester. Oh my God. Dude, I was looking at some of these things. There's so many, I still have to send you so many texts. I, I forgot how crazy this whole thing was. It, some of this stuff is just so fucking insane. I can't believe it. My name is Robert Hoxie, and I'm a writer and filmmaker from Michigan. You can pause this and take a moment to Google me. You'll find my Facebook profile. Go ahead, look it up. It's almost 10 years old. You'll find a timeline of my life with friends, family, movies I watched, places I ate, and of course, what I look like. You'll find a website and a Twitter handle. You'll see I make movies and write screenplays, and I'm a published author. This is not to say I'm famous, far from, but to say it's not hard to see who I am with a click of a mouse or a tap of a thumb. The average American spends nearly two hours a day on social media. In a year, that's 864 hours spent scrolling, liking, and commenting. Social media has allowed all of us to connect on a daily feed. It's allowed us to preserve our memories unlike ever before. And it's a way of validating someone's identity, who they are, where they're from, what they like, their friends, family, their relationships, and of course, their political opinions. But unfortunately, social media has a dark side. It's blurred the lines of fact and fiction. Fake news, fraud, and stolen identities are concerns we must grapple with in our everyday digital lives. Some of the things that she told me, oh my God, it's so much more, it's so much deeper than I ever, I don't know. When I found out she was a catfish, I guess, I don't know why none of the stuff went through my head, but there's just so much weird shit. When you go back and look at some of these texts and some of the conversations we had. In this podcast, you will hear a story. It's a story that has more questions than it does answers. It's a story that doesn't start with my brother but spans back eight years ago, involving people from all over the world, including three serious relationships, two engagements, hundreds and hundreds of photos and video, and the stolen likeness of nearly 30 people. It's a search that will take us across the globe to uncover the truth. It's a story of modern love. It's a story of a catfish. My name is Robert Hoxie. My name is Julia Pink. This is Fine Bailey, episode one. In his book, Psychology of the Digital Age, Dr. John Suler asked the question, If we humans, so very recently in our existence, synthesized an entirely new environment for ourselves, how well will we adapt to it? What if this new environment evolves into something we cannot handle? So around Christmas, I come see you, right? And we had mm -hmm. this conversation. Do you remember that conversation? Yeah, we had a lot of conversations about it. Yeah, but the very first one where you pr approached me and you showed me the cell phone and you said, check out the girl I'm talking to. <laughs> yeah. At the time, I was a graduate student at Boston University. I hadn't seen Steven in three months, and time plus distance always makes it feel like a lot more. Steven was in high spirits, excited for the holidays, 
and to tell me about the girl he had met online from Houston named Bailey Jester. We're, we started to get serious like a couple days after Christmas. I remember thinking it was only a couple weeks. What do you mean by serious? I guess that we had our first fight, but, and that's how I knew it started getting serious. Because I think relationships, like, when they tend to, when people start to fight, I know people, most people think it's a bad sign, but I really think it's a, it's a sign that you're kind of getting close in a way. I don't, I don't think I knew where she lived until we started talking. Because I, I added her, said, you're friends with this person, like within a couple seconds. And I sent her a message. <laughs> message. He's like, hey, like you're my 500 Facebook friend. Congratulations or something. Like you're, you're officially my 500 friend and uh, you get a free date because of that or something stupid. There was something along those lines. I said I, I read somewhere that within uh, five minutes of a conversation she was asked for the girl's number. And she always used to compliment me on that little, that little line too and saying that she never gives people her number. And I remember thinking that I was like someone special in a way because because I said something like, you know, I said something different. And that's kind of where this whole thing, like, she always kind of made me feel like I was special and different. And that really helped me believing that she was a real person. Someone that beautiful would be talking to someone, you know, across the country. As soon as I looked at her profile, two red flags jumped out at me. The first one was her mutual friends from my hometown of Jackson, Michigan, where Stephen was living at the time. Jackson is a little big city with about 40,000 people where everyone kind of knows everyone, or at least knows them on Facebook. Its biggest claim to fame is the birthplace of the Republican Party. You guys are good. You're damn right. You're exactly right. There's nothing wrong with that. You may be wondering why I'm playing an audio clip from the 2016 Republican National Convention. Don't worry, we'll get back to that eventually. I have called on Hillary Clinton to drop out of the race because she, she, put our nation's security at extremely high risk with her careless use of a private email server. Bailey's mutual friends weren't just some random people. These were people I graduated high school with, people I knew personally. I theorized Bailey was actually from Jackson and lying to Stephen about being from Houston. The second red flag was an obvious one. Up to this point, two weeks into their online relationship, Bailey had avoided FaceTiming with Stephen. As much as I wanted my brother to be happy, everything I was seeing pointed to Bailey being a catfish. I remember I went outside and I called her on the phone. I said, are you real? Or something like that. Or Yeah, I think I said those exact words. And she goes, uh, dude, you're gonna do this right now? And that always stuck with me because I felt like it was something that, that she's been asked before. And I asked her to uh, send me a uh, picture holding like a peace sign up or something, just doing something different. She said, okay, I will. And, and then she didn't. I said, are you going to? And she said, you know, it's getting late. I want to go to sleep. We just kept fighting until I think she finally ended up hanging up on me. And I called her back a couple times. She didn't answer. In my eyes, that was it. It was done. She was probably a catfish. It sucked. I had gotten my hopes up for it. Before Stephen went outside to call Bailey, he had logged me into his Facebook so I could continue my investigation. Access to Steven's account gave me a view of Bailey's full profile. What I saw completely changed my initial suspicions. And I remember when I came back inside from that conversation, you were still looking at the Facebook, and you said, oh, she does have 13 people. I remember it was 13. I remember that number. 13 people commented on a post she made of, like, I forgot what the post was. It had something to do with going out. And a lot of the guys and girls that were commenting were like, yeah, we had so much fun that night. That was so much fun. 
can't wait to see you. And the one girl's like, hey, I can't wait for you to do my hair tomorrow. So just a bunch of things that people who didn't know her in person wouldn't have said. <laughs> yeah, I remember he looked up at me and go, oh, maybe she is real. And he said, sorry. <laughs> and I'm like, sorry. Because this is so after, this is, you know, five minutes after I just got done accusing her of being a catfish and figured I'd never talk to her ever again because of that. So things were, you know, things were confusing. Steven wasn't the only one that was confused. Bailey had hundreds of photos and videos, with hundreds of likes and comments from more than a dozen friends and family. She had posts that dated back to 2011. I ran three dozen reverse image searches and came back with nothing. That night, we thought about it, and I remember I watched a movie called Emily. The girl, the actress in the movie, looked just like Bailey. And I just remember, I don't know why, I know it sounds kind of silly, but I just had this like, oh man, this sucks. I guess I had a, I had, I had a pit in my stomach that night. I thought she wasn't real. And then I watched this movie, and I'm just like, oh, she looks just like her, and she looks fucking pretty, and I like her, and maybe she is real. And I just, I, I think maybe um, you know, the hope that she was real kind of outweighed my, uh, I guess it outweighed the common sense. The next morning, I texted her. I'm sorry, you know, I care about you, and I want to see where this goes. And, and she said, have a good day, Stephen. And I remember thinking, fuck, like, I guess I'm done. Or I guess this is over. And then two days later, she texted me. She said, I just want you to know that I really like you, and I want to see where this goes, but I'm still upset about how you came at me. And that became a theme how you came at me. I would ask her to FaceTime, and she would say, I don't like how you're coming at me. It was always as if I was accusing her of something whenever I asked to FaceTime. So you start talking from there on? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are you recording? Yeah, I've been recording. So after Christmas, we fly back home, and I don't think we talked to him until I think it was like May. Right. That's my girlfriend and co-producer. Hey, I'm Julia Pink. Is that all I should say? For a three-month period in the summer of 2019, finding Bailey became this evening ritual for us. It became an obsession. I call Steven after I see that he is still in a relationship with Bailey. I ask him, has she FaceTimed you yet? And he says no. And this sets off us starting to dig into who she really is. Tell me everything I need to know. Well, she had a sister and a brother. Skylar Rose and Jake Tyler Jester. Her brother's in the military. Most of her friends were in the military. There was Justin Kane. Hunter Richardson. Grayer Sawyer, also known as Diesel. Ryan Ryan Lee. R-Y-A-N-L-Y. Ryan Lee. Uh, she did not communicate with her mother. Her mother was a drug addict. As a matter of fact, one time she sent me a message that her mother sent her because her mother wanted to borrow money from her. Horrific stuff. You know, it was just the worst thing you could ever say. You know, like I wish I never had you. I should have got an abortion. What about her dad? Robert Jester. Her dad had her brother with a woman, but not her mom. Her dad cheated on this woman with another woman, that being Bailey's mom. Her mom is her dad's mistress, and then her dad and her dad and uh, Jake's mom worked it out, and then she had her little sister. So basically, what you have is the, a brother. Bailey's the half-sister, and then you have Skylar, the youngest sister. Now, Jake and Skylar are full-blood brother and sister. Bailey's only half, even though she's the middle child. How soon did she tell you this stuff? That was probably the first conversation. 
What fascinated us most about Bailey Jester was her ability to tell a story. And of course, all of her stories were backed up with evidence on Facebook. It was on New Year's Day. She went over to her brother's house. Her dad had this girlfriend, right? And his girlfriend had a daughter named Carson. Carson Knight. Carson didn't get along with Bailey or Skyler. And when Bailey left, Skyler got in a fight with Carson, like a fist fight, like she punched her. Bailey was telling me about this, and she was upset about it, saying, like, I wish I was there, I would have beat her ass, how dare she fight my little sister, you know, all this other stuff. And she was crying about it. She started crying about this. And I remember I was trying to, like, console her, you know what I mean? Like, I, was, I didn't really know what to say, but I was trying my best. Skylar Rose, Bailey's sister, posts a status that reads, When your dad's girlfriend's daughter keeps talking shit, but won't do shit when I'm around. Get the fuck over yourself, Carson, you petty, spoiled-ass brat. And keep my name out of your mouth, you fucking cunt. And there's like 10 likes and 7 comments. The first comment is from Carson Knight. Nice, Skylar. Don't want to fight with you. Period. So then Bailey comments back to Carson. LMAO. Don't want to fight with her, yet you keep opening your mouth trying to low blow her about shit. You're such a fucking dumb bitch. You do really need to get the fuck over shit. We both will never accept you as our sister, so stop crying. All you do is fucking talk shit and cause problems between my Skylar and our father. He's not your fucking father, and what he sees in you and your dumbass mother is beyond me. Keep your fucking mouth shut, bitch, seriously. I'm not playing with you anymore. She didn't just have these 10, 20 Facebook friends that commented on her posts. She talked about these people. You know, I mean, it was, hey, what you do today? Oh, I went and, you know, got lunch with Zoe. Zoe Ellis. And then she would go on to tell a story about Zoe, who, by the way, is dating her brother, and how they're fighting about this thing, and how she's trying to help her out with that. And and it wasn't even a big deal. It was just a, just a random story. And it was like every day. It just I couldn't fathom that she was lying. So if she was fake, that meant all the other counts were fake. Right, all these people supposedly tagged with her aren't actually there. No, they're Neither just she. No they're one's... just one person running them all. There was Robert Jester, Eric Hall, Candace Tate, Stella Ray, Carson Knight, Grayson Sawyer, Bryson Ray, Jake Tyler Jester, Melanie Macris, Marky B, Ashley Vence, Chance Rivetti, John Brody. Lilo Sterling, Gavin Romanoff, Demi Reed, Krellen Bayer, Hunter Richardson, Skylar Rose, Peyton Alley, Ryan Ryan, Clarissa Maloney, Ellie Emerson Dane, and Ray Rasky. I, I looked at her photos and like I said, I, there was no evidence to, to indicate that anything was up. I, when she would post something, she would... She, like I said, she got 75 likes on a photo, and there was so much activity. She had friends commenting, oh, see you tonight at the bar, things, you know. It, but at the time, those things didn't mean anything to me because she was a, a real person. This was her. It sounds bad, but I, I, I'm more fascinated by how she was able to pull it off rather than, like, how can you do this to people? To be honest, I don't care about that shit. I mean, yeah, it's crazy and it's a little fucked up. To, 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 I mean, it is. To, hurt people like that. But I've never felt ashamed of it. I've never felt embarrassed of it, even. I don't, it doesn't really bother me. It's, it's kind of funny, 
but I'm more fascinated at how she was able to pull it off. I mean, I, I know the things that happened. I know like how deep this was. This wasn't an ordinary catfish. This girl had a whole network going. I'm not stupid. I, you know, I wasn't just convinced she was real because she was pretty. I want to know things like, when did you decide to, to, you know, the hair curl story? Or the, the grandma getting her fingers bit off? When did you decide to do that? When, how did you plan this out? Did you write it down? How did it all happen? How did it unfold? I really want to know how she got all this, these photos. And that's it's insane to me. I want to know um, why she did it in the first place. In his book, Psychology of the Digital Age, Dr. John Suler writes, Simply staring into your computer screen or mobile device, allowing the physical world around you to fade away, immediately opens the door to an altered state of consciousness. As we all rationally know, but experientially forget, people are not actually living behind the screen. The images or sounds we see and hear are merely representations of the actual thing. They are portrayals of reality. Over the next seven episodes, with permission, we'll often be quoting or paraphrasing John Suler's book as we seek a deeper understanding of cyberspace and the psychology behind catfishing. This podcast will not only be telling the story of one catfish, but even more so, exploring how cyberspace continues to alter our collective well-being and how it's enabled us to express what it means to be human. Coming up on Find Bailey. So you knew at that time, you knew that she had a boyfriend from Ohio? She talked about him a lot. Oh yeah, they were living there, they were gonna get married. And what happened? She had a miscarriage, but she also had another boyfriend named Junior. He was a gangbanger. Junior and his friend get out of the car and start shooting this car up with guns. What was it? Two people died in the car accident. All that happened to her was she got her thumb cut. The uh, cashier says, can I get a name for the, for the order? Using the internet, we'll hunt down the catfish. Is it possible? Ah. Is it possible that both of them were catfishing? I think it is. I w- was going to try to talk to her sister and see if I can hear the little zinging noise from the other on the phone while talking to her. We'll talk to other victims. This person um, would message me and create a whole bunch of like stories about their life. And professionals to better understand why. The, this phenomenon of posing as someone you are not is not new. And so what is new is the online forum that we now have to do it through. And we'll click our way across the globe to find out where all these photos and videos came from. If we're going to stop this catfish, we have to find the source of all these photos and videos. We have to find the real person whose likeness has been stolen for the last eight years. It's just another thing that you just don't expect the catfish to do. It's like she's got a, like a, one of those like boards with like thumbtacks and string attached. It's like she's got a whole like situation room. I mean, she, I, I felt that she genuinely loved me. Oh my God, this is a shit show. This podcast was written and produced by Robert E. Hoxie and Julia Pink. Special thanks to Stephen Hoxie for sharing his story and to John Suler for allowing us to share his research.